everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Before we get started in today's episode, I just want to put out a trigger warning for this episode, but all the episodes going forward that some topics that are talked about may be triggering to listeners. So just a little PSA to, I guess, listen with and be prepared that some topics may be more sensitive than others. Um, And if something does start to sound triggering, then please click off and move on to something else. Um, But absolutely don't mind. I hope you enjoy the episode and yeah, enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm joined with Tish Wood. Hi Tish. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Bit tired from an exhausting week, but good. (laughs) Well, it's okay. That's... It's the realities of it all, isn't it? Um, but I relate. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. Those exhausting weeks um, are rough. But let's get into the quick fire round, so the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Um, and yeah. So, how old are you? I'm seventeen. Seventeen. And what? Where are you currently training? I'm currently training the classical ballet, BA Modern Ballet course at RCS. Nice. Nice. Um, and what is your favorite piece of dance wear that you own? Um, well, the guys don't get like much range for ballet stuff, but there's this one leotard by own. It's broken, but I can't wear. But it's for wear more, it's this black Leo with a zip. And Mm -hmm. I tried hunting everywhere for the name. I think it's like Condor. I'm not sure, but that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Have you um, I mean, I work for this brand, but have you heard of Imperfect Points? Because they do quite a bit of no. dance wear. Okay, it's all made in, um, where it, literally, why I literally, why can't I remember? It's made in Yorkshire um, and it's all designed in the UK. And essentially they've got, a, well, they have got a great range of men's tights um, and shorts and unitards and like, four that. pieces, like, full and like fun stuff like not just your basic black and white yeah no definitely check it out and I mean actually I mean while I'm talking about it, just there is a discount code for anyone this scene um HCP15 still works um so yeah you get 15 little 15% <laughs> off I just thought I mean it makes like I I have loads of daily tiles and I really like them so why not share <laughs> sharing is kind I love it exactly um so going going back um what is your favorite choreography that you've learnt or performed and like yeah favorite piece of choreo um well I was at my old school and it was for peasant dance from Sleeping Beauty nice. and it's like this character piece it's so much fun to do I remember rehearsing it and I literally nearly threw up but <laughs> on stage with everybody <laughs> their points when we'd be looking direct on the face of our partner and you'd just be like smiling at each other together like we've got this it's we're halfway free we, we can do it but mm-hmm. yeah I really love that I love that's li- I feel like that's just su- such a 
special moment when you're dancing with other people on stage is like the whole is a making eye contact and it's and you're both like dying internally but you're also living (laughs) your best life at the same time like I I love that's like one of my favorite things of being on stage is like just having that connection with your peers is so nice yeah 100% it really is um and last question what is your favorite food Oh, I love a duck pancake. It, honestly, okay, yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. My dad makes these like, they're wonderful. Like you get some little wraps from the local co-op and mm-hmm. um, they're just so good. And like, honestly, just no words. Beautiful. Mm. No, I agree. They are, I haven't, no one's really brought up many kind of, a, oh, actually some people brought up some like Asian foods, but yeah, duck pan, I agree. Really good. Oh, you can get one. And like the meal deal from Tesco, they're really good. Oh, Sorry. I love the wraps, the like the hoisin yes, wrap, wraps, so good. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, okay, let's go into I guess more about you and your training and your experience dancing and all that stuff. So, how did you get into dance? And was it always ballet and like more classical dance, or were you doing everything? What did that experience look like? kind of getting into dance yeah um well growing up I was always dancing I was like putting Lady Gaga on the radio classic mm-hmm. gay childhood <laughs> um, and, um, but I and then I went to a local dance school and then I stopped dancing because it wasn't really my thing and then mm-hmm. we had this ballet friend and she took me to see Billy Elliot the musical and it's oh. so cliche but after seeing that I was like I was going to start singing the Billy Elliot musical song, but I can't remember lyrics. But um, yeah, I was just obsessed with it from then. I mm. got, I sent to this little dance school called Bailey Cox and great dance school. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And mm. yeah. Yeah, I feel like Billy Elliot, Billy Elliot <laughs> has been, particularly in the UK, because I mean, I grew up in Australia and vaguely knew about it, but it wasn't as big as I think it was over yeah. here. And I, I do think a lot of boys started dancing because of that, because it, I think that was one of the first real, I guess, because there's a movie and then it was, you know, on stage it was like, it was a big thing for young boys to get into ballet and like performing arts because it gave them something that they were like, oh, I can see myself in that. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, it's the same with anything in ballet. It's really hard to kind of find a connection to well, anything when it comes to live dancing, theatre, whatever. If you don't see yourself being exactly. represented. that relatability, which is really mm. nice to see. And yeah. I remember being so naive and I was like, I can do all of this. <laughs> I'm able to do the splits. I don't know what The I confidence. Was like, the turn in seconds. I was like, I just have to be mm. flexible to do that. And my ballet teacher friend was just like, yeah sure yeah you can do that <laughs> yeah definitely 100 yeah no training you can absolutely do, whip those out um okay so you started dancing and it was you know you enjoyed it but again like you just said you said oh wasn't for me at the beginning um and then you got into it more seriously yeah mm-hmm. what was that like how old were you when you came um, back into it I was like 10 or 11 is when okay. I got back into it mm-hmm. and then I started thinking more about 13 okay. and um it like there's a point of, like really fun mm-hmm. and then the kind of as you got up the grades or you start going, going to like into foundation because like R.A.D. Mm-hmm. represent 
Yeah, um, RG, woo! <laughs> um, I, it's like a lot of stress to go through and mm. um, like troubles of kind of body weight and like trigger warning. Um, I developed an eating disorder because like, it's kind of like you get through so much stress that you want people for, for me, it was very much like I just wanted to be heard and seen throughout mm-hmm. the stress that I was going through. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like an obsession. And because that's what happens with dance, you get like obsessed with it to a point and it can be very damaging. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, that's, I'm really sorry you had to go through that. And it, so- it sucks, <laughs> but I think it's also very common. And I yeah. like, I do relate to that in points. Um, and I've kind of talked about it vaguely on the podcast before, and I'm sure, you know, everyone has felt that at point at times, Mm. because I don't know, it's really hard to not be in dance and not be like your body is not the main focus because most of the time it is like, that is the thing that people decide to judge you on. Like that is like what people's first judgments will be on your body. Like how you look like it's not fun. And like when you don't have that fuel, mm-hmm. you like that you have nothing. And I just remember like dripping with sweat. And like it's so sad because like people laugh, but like inside. And yeah, you probably look like for me. I had this massive brown hair, not as big as it is now, but like it stripped through. And I had like this dead rat look. But um, and it's like I was, you know, it's just so difficult because I was fainting. Like it's yeah. Mm. <laughs> not yeah that's not uh great <laughs> not a great time no. I can imagine <laughs> um yeah. yeah so going into I guess the point where you decided you did want to take it more seriously did you then go up look at going off and training full-time or were you still at this small dance school um so I auditioned for a few places mm-hmm. during my time there and then my parents, so my great aunt died and we inherited her house in this mm-hmm. cute little town in Cornwall. And so we went there and then, which is quite troubling because it's like, I was in my ballet school, but the ballet school I attended in Cornwall was great. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved off to London, which is my first vocational school. And mm-hmm. it was Russian discipline. The teachers were insane, like honored artists of the Soviet Union, like principals and premiers of the top three companies in Russia, like, mm. you know, great, great, great school. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of how my vocational journey started. And it's all thanks to my dad that I got into there because he was like on the Facebook chats, digging through the internet, just making new core videos, me dance and be like, this is my son, this is Hamish Wood, because um, that's my real name. And um, he's just, oh, love my dad. He's like biggest support system, but yeah. Aww. I love that. That's unique. It's hard. It's, I feel like it's not really talked about enough, but it's so hard to kind of like continue dancing and actually, I don't know, like take it seriously, go off to a vocational school and even attempt to try and have a career in it if you don't have like the support at home. Yeah. Um, and that really, like, it's literally so, t- like, it's so tough. And if you don't have, yeah, a strong support system, it's so hard. And I always, that's something I'm really grateful for, for having that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, you know, realizing that, yeah, <laughs> your parents can be really helpful when it comes to that. Um, oh, that's so nice of him. 
Oh, <laughs> why is that literally making sense? You know, it's like that is so cute. Um. Oh, okay. So, and then you moved to London, and this was was that quite like a shock to the system? Honestly, I mean, I was fourteen at the time, okay. so I was buzzing. I was like, "Yeah, I'm you excited." grown up like where's my id um <laughs> i was like staying with a post family um mm-hmm. italian like the best food i've ever eaten mm-hmm. and no offense dad and um i was living with these two roommates um who were amazing honestly love them to pieces and um yeah it was just like it wasn't, I didn't feel homesick until the third week when I was on phone call with my parents just sobbing. Mm. And they didn't know. It was like a scene from a movie. I was like, yeah, it's great. And then I was just crying. Tears crying. Tears. <laughs> I'm loving life. Tears. Yeah, it's oh. so bad. But um, yeah, I think because it's very intense training. We were doing mm. six days a week, which I know is kind of standard. Um, yeah. But it was like, it was just, if I don't know. I guess I remember because originally mm-hmm. um, they, my parents said n- no after I got replaced because mm-hmm. they're like, um, we got contacted by a friend who like the Russian discipline ruins the bodies. And um, it's an, an intense thing to that say. That is a very intense <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> like, it's like flat out ruins you. Like what? Yeah. I was okay. like, oh, okay. So we took place and I remember, I think I cried for about four hours just on and off, but pretty much constant. Mm-hmm. And they were like, my dad was like, that was the worst moment ever. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And um, <laughs> they accepted place again after many arguments, um, mm-hmm. which I was so proud of myself for. And um, yeah, <laughs> so and, so system. and so it kind of felt when I got there, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I worked for this. I fought for this. Mm-hmm. So I was very much buzzing off of that. And I was so happy to be out of Cornwall, not doing PE. That mm. was the biggest thing, not having to do rugby and <laughs> football in the oh winter. Oh my God. Anyways, um, but yeah, so mm-hmm. it it was fine. Yeah, you get home. So you get, yeah. yeah. It's, it, I guess it's just part of the normal adjustments that anyone who moves away from home has to experience. Um. Yeah. So what was your, I guess, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but like what was your experience at this school um, or just like in general kind of that in between from how were you 14 to 16? Would it, would it have been 16 because then you went to, you go to RCS at 16? Because um, it closed down because of COVID, so I was there for a year. Okay, you yeah. were there for a year. Okay. <laughs> um, but my experience... That uh, is that that's what we're going to. Um, yeah. I it was you don't really realize because I was very young at the time, so I didn't realize what a true ballet environment was. And so there's a lot of being compared to and stuff because there were um, when I joined, there was three, four boys in the whole school because it was a very small school, thirty students and. Um, it was just like I was the youngest by okay. two years for the male students. And okay. so I was like being compared to somebody who's like two years older than you. Two years older. Like I loved all of them, but it's very stressful because and in it's kind of the Russian discipline is very military like. Mm. It is. And not a lot of people realize that. And um just like the constant like importing the use of integrating the use of russian gymnastics like this very intense 
discipline, this very intense system, it is very physically demanding as well as mentally demanding. Mm-hmm. And um, just like, and then the teachers, because this is how they were taught to teach, he'd always say stuff like, this isn't me teaching you or correcting you. This is 300 years worth of whatever. And I was like, okay, yes, of course, Russian ballet. And um, but it's just like, or never being told you're good enough. I remember he didn't like British ballet. He hated Ian B. And he was like, you can do this at Ian B, but you cannot do this at Bolshoi. And I was like, Evie's like my favorite company. <laughs> like, why are you slating this? I love, yeah. Oh. I, was, I was like, okay, that's fine. I can get to EB now. Um, I'll be fine. I'm not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just, it was really weird. He, I remember once he, oh no, I love him though, even though mm. he, he did bad things. He, he, that school without it, I would have never progressed like I have done. And even though I am low key shading it. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful and um but yeah I'm just talking about the negatives but um it was just like I remember once he used to tell us for injuries like maybe wrap a red ribbon around your leg oh he told one student to wee on himself (laughs) yeah physios and stuff but it was um it was interesting to cycle Um, was there any like support like did the school have any uh, I like f- anything on su- like because obviously you're going to and I say this because I had a I say similar experience but my ballet school shut down as well and I know we talked about this like off the podcast and looking back like I was there at 16 and when I think about it like at the time uh, the things that were going on that weren't I guess correct or shouldn't have been going on I didn't really question because I just assumed they were kind of normal I guess um but at the same time there was no one that I could have gone to if I had actually had the realization that okay this is really fucked up and this is not a safe environment for 16 year olds to be in etc there was no one that I could have gone to that would have made sure that what I was saying was safe and wasn't actually going to affect me in the studio in the sense of maybe me not getting casting and stuff or getting like silent treatment or just like getting the repercussions that generally come around when you make a complaint just because of the nature of the system, um, which is wrong. But yeah. do you know what I mean? Like looking back, I mean, there was nothing I could have done. Um, That's such a shame though. Like I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's okay. I mean, like I think it happens quite, like I think it happens more than we think it happens yeah and it's just something that's not really talked about but people listening that I guess know that experience from Ballet West then will kind of I'm sure people when you grow old and you look back it's all just in hindsight that you realize okay wow we didn't have the support or we didn't have a place of confidence and I just wonder like for you like when there was these things and like you were even younger um like that did, was there any support? Did you ever have like conversations with your parents about kind of what you were hearing or listening that may have affected you? Or did you kind of just think it was normal too? Because I, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, there's always this thing like to be masculine. Yeah. You can't really talk about it. Mm. And um, like, even though I'm very androgynous, like expressive now, back then I was just kind of like a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, quite camp but I was still like 
you can't really express it as much. Mm. And I think I remember, like, I never really told my parents because I didn't want them to think I wasn't enjoying it. Because, mm. like, I already, we had that big argument where I cried loads and I was like, no, I fought for this on stage. Mm. Um, and, like, I, I did eventually, there was a point when I was breaking and I was like, I have to tell them. So I did to my parents eventually just mm. like some stuff and I talked to the students in the common room which um was a dangerous game because um this is what was told to me by one of the students at the time I genuinely can't like fully confirm it but I'm pretty I'm like I have no reason to not believe it yeah but uh I there was a student a couple of years before I joined and um he was bad mouthing one of the teachers and um yeah and then he got kicked out which honestly isn't that surprising but also it's like what like and yeah he would um like bless his heart he worked so hard he was like one of the heads of the school he was amazing at, like how function like to make the school function but um he would sit in the common room and just while we were all like talking and mm. the common space we have a student space mm. and all put on to the idea like what if he's just listening in and reporting to Harriet which yeah. I'm pretty sure is what was happening and um yeah. so it was kind of like you didn't know where you could speak you didn't know where you could kind of confide in other people like I confided in my host family but there are people living on their own and um I remember this one guy he was um because like racism, sexism, and homophobia is a isn't a conversation which is really talked about in like the Russian system. And Absolutely. um yeah. yeah. And um there's this one guy and um um and um, he was being he's talking to him and I know saying racist comments and um the guy reports it to the head and she's just not taking it seriously like they just laughed at it like they laughed at it while because the teacher literally told us about this in front of all the students like yes yeah, so and so reported this and oh, oh whatever and it's just like I'm it, you can't you don't know who to tell and mm. it's just it's really troubling because you can't really report anything and I guess that's the system like that's for life you have to just roll the punches get on with it you can't get upset because if you get upset you're not going to move forward which mm. is so horrible yeah but yeah that's really tough and like see it would be interesting like I'm I mean I'm also super nosy but I would like love to kind of wonder like what it's like at other ballet schools is particularly bigger ones when it comes to incidents that they're seeing experiencing hearing is there a confidential space for them to tell them to I mean I know like for you like where you are now do you feel like you have a confidential space to report anything yeah 100%. you do okay like, literally I've spoken to the heads of my course Mm-hmm. And um, they offer counselling here as well. Mm-hmm. So great for students who need it. And um, when you've also got friends and you don't feel like you're being watched or yeah. whatever, like it's not. I know, yeah, you don't feel an invasion of privacy. Oh, 100% not. Like they care, like the TSA, they care about you more than anything else. Mm. 
See, that's something that, that is so important. And especially when you're young, you're living away from home, you're kind of, you know, every most people are in that environment for the first time, as in like, you know, full-time training, they're going through so much. Yeah. And to feel like someone's kind of always listening to you mm. or you're not sure if something's going to end up getting back to, you know, yeah. the head is scary. It truly is, um, which is why I'm so thankful for the school I'm at now. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just like I look back at when I was there and I'm like, I loved it so mm. much, but also I hated it because I was just, sometimes I'd literally be dreading class like could it be in the warm-up for plies and I'm like I'm only on the first exercise but then I had no negative words to talk about it after class I'm like god I love it here so much and mm. I genuinely did and in some ways I wish I was still back there because of I don't know the community vibe like the kind of niche it was like hidden away like mm. some parts of it, I don't know if that makes sense no but... I do I completely understand yeah. And I really relate to that feeling, um, like no matter, and this is like where it's kind of difficult because it's kind of finding like, yes, you know, you have good experiences at an institution, even though like, say, like we both had our schools shut down. So there mm. is that mourning aspect. There's kind of like, I feel like a tiny bit, of, like it's a bit sad. Like it's a bit, yeah. you're like all those memories now are kind of gone because yeah. they're not being yeah. lived on which is strange, but at the same time, there's a reason for why, you know, both places had to close. And I know that for some people, it re it was probably the worst three years of their life. And then for some people like me, like for, for me, I think genuinely like that was the hardest three years, but also the best. And I've never grown so much in three like I've never learned like literally it's crazy like no yeah and what has happened I don't want that to that then you know that doesn't invalidate someone else's experience that maybe was a bit more negative or mm. they it's different for everyone and it's hard because then I sometimes think like oh should I feel like I enjoyed those three years or yes, should exactly. I feel sad like I don't know how to feel about it yeah. even though there was amazing people there and like yeah and people look at you crazy when you're like telling them this and like mm. like oh my god I'm so sorry that happened to you but when you're like well without it I would not be where I am today yeah. and um but like it's so sad because when it's when it happened in lockdown of all places mm. it's where do I go from now I go back to the Cornish school mm. um the academic school and it's like great <laughs> and I, I remember we found out the whole thing they did it was so like bad and mm -hmm. I'm gonna say them but um they, they sent like an email but just like an email which is I guess okay but one of the students she screenshotted it and sent it to the group chat and it was like wait so we've closed down and that's how we all found out because we were just eating ice cream well I was eating ice cream don't know what the others are doing and um, and I was just reading this letter being like damn we've really shut down and just the idea of going back to like normal school again and going back to the ballet actually I didn't really mind going back to because I liked it but the mm -hmm. academic school where because Cornell's a very closed off 
area yeah. there's a lot of bullying and mm. um, that really intensified throughout my year 11 this is my mm-hmm. final year at the school which was horrible mm-hmm. and um, I had to quit ballet because I couldn't deal with the you know the environment the stress mental health mm-hmm. etc and um, it's a really dark time but mm-hmm. I came to RCS and things improved so. mm. that's good um yeah I feel I can't imagine what it must have been like to kind of experience that feeling of something kind of ending but halfway like it wasn't like for me it was like I finished my three years I graduated and then a year later it closed down so I'd fin, you know I was able to go in and finish the process yeah but I can't imagine what it was like for you and your classmates. And I, I mean, I know there's many people even at Valley West who were in their second, third year and first year who hadn't graduated yet. And it all to just yeah, disappear I, almost. It's, it's like mourning. Like that's mm. the actual feeling. Like I was mourning the school. I like, it were days and I'm like, was any of it, real like did that even happen yeah and I was kind of trying to like remember memories and like Mm -hmm. it's so weird because it's like an actual person left my life I was trying to remember stuff and um the friendships I had I still had them and I do like it's weird because Mm -hmm. I would break down the lessons and um it's just weird to go from such a like Russian discipline Mm -hmm. to R.A.D which no shade to RAD is one of the most boring things I've oh, ever done. You're um, not alone, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so boring. I know. Um, but yeah, so there's just that morning aspect. Um, but I had other people who was going through the same thing. And also a lot of the Valley West students are going to RCS now. And mm. um, just like a few of them having to repeat the first year again, um, it's just it sounded so sad but I guess if you're moving from a new place into a new place and doing first year it might be easier mm. but um honestly like it's just heart-wrenching you know it is like I can't I genuinely can't believe it and then but I I guess at the end of the day like it is all for the greater good like in the sense mm. I mean no we're not even I guess like it is I mean I definitely know obviously I don't know all the details about your school and its reasons and stuff like that but Bally West couldn't have kept going because it just was the it was built on pretty much like quite a lot of manipulation um and just general kind of a toxic quite fairly toxic environment Mm. just the fact that it was so small and so closed off things weren't regulated um and it's just it's not good to be in an environment where people are where teachers are grooming students just full stop for anyone (laughs) Um, not (laughs) not great for anyone whether you're not actually a part of like even if that's not happening to you but to even on the like for everyone it's not it's not yeah. good for the whole for the whole school so yeah I mean it probably could have avoided closing I always think like oh like do that did they have to close but unless like someone was going to come forward and be like okay yeah I'm gonna use this space and start a new school but it would have been very difficult to recover so and I remember really- like I heard that parents of students are still being like 
um like like so will you be there for september like people still wanted to go and um oh really yeah it's just like wow i mean i'm not surprised um just but like yeah <laughs> yeah no it is it's madness kind of how long i i feel like as well it's quite easy to put behind that in the sense that you know like i, I don't know like i'm assuming that people were still wanting to send their kids there because they knew the training was good some um so the vocational course yeah this is one of the things which angered a lot of us because okay it was like we were being neglected deserted because a lot of the students we managed to stay even like they closed the vocational course but yeah still had lessons with some of the students from September until I think like the February or the March or even later than that oh my like, god and that was like five or six and so we were like I was in Cornwall yeah <laughs> like learning whatever like how to tackle people in football or whatever yeah and uh, my friends I wanted to do and um I remember and then I started doing like it was like I used to go down to London every weekend mm. um, which is a lot the sleeper train just sitting over two chairs just sleeping on the window yeah. and um just to go and um my and then I remember my teacher was like so why aren't you here every day like when are you gonna start coming and I was like um you never asked me to <laughs> like it was never a situation which I and That's I never so did go because after yeah. Christmas I just stopped going but um yeah it was just like all of us were like why did they do this to us like a lot of people quit dancing and it's always I always feel like it's always the best people who quit dance after a certain amount of time after certain events because like the talent which was lost over COVID because mm. it couldn't because the ballet school was their main thing mm. and now they didn't have that they couldn't go anywhere else and it's such a shame yeah I think it's hard though as well because I mean Oh, I don't know. And this could be kind of a controversial hot take. Um, <laughs> is that I feel like there's a like a few groups of ballet dancers or dancers in general. There's people that have worn with quite a lot of natural ability um, yeah. that become very good dancers and gorgeous dancers quite, I say, quite early on in their training. Yeah. And you can usually pick them and think like, oh, yeah they're going to go far because they're stunning at like 14, 15, 16, even older. But, you know, a lot of it might come from natural, well, usually comes from natural ability. Then you have people that peak maybe a little bit later um, and they're what I'll call the hard workers. Mm. And I think it's hard because if you're someone who's coming from, having quite a lot of natural ability and that's been the thing that's kind of got you places not saying i'm not discrediting any hard work because ballet's hard so everyone has to work hard or or anyway um and so i can imagine like with covid if you're not someone who's super highly motivated on your own terms um then i can imagine it's going to be very difficult to kind of keep going um if it, I don't know if that makes sense, but I've seen it too, and that's the way 
I've kind of interpreted it could be completely wrong, but no, I know I a lot of people that are very good that did stop. And I wonder, but I, at the same time, I know everyone has a fully valid reason and I don't want to, I don't want that to come across the wrong way no. um, because people have to do what makes them happy. So obviously don't do it if it doesn't make you happy, but yeah. um, I, does that, I don't know if that makes sense. No, I think that is completely spot on. And I think because of COVID as well, like there's the depression and mm. like oh, a lot of mental health things. Yeah. And like that motivation and just for like, what is the point? Mm. And you have to start thinking, do I need a backup plan? And yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's completely right what you said. And yeah. <laughs> it's the same. It is. I mean, it's so hard and it's, I guess it's just like really sad because the whole pandemic and just like I guess the whole like last few years in general have it has meant that a lot of dancers have stopped dancing for mm. various reasons and it would have been you know would have been interesting to see what would have happened to people that maybe had stopped or d- just d- decided not to continue if the pan like would have more people pursued or would have people stopped anyway or realized maybe later that they didn't want to continue um I don't know I just find it interesting um so going on to let's have a look so were there any personal challenges for you in your like vocational training I know you touched on before how you know when you were younger you did um experience you know an eating disorder and I don't know if that as your training got more serious did those issues ever come up again um there is like yeah um throughout the training it did develop to a point when like the novelty of it wears off and the teachers kind of stop presenting this like paradise Mm. like atmosphere to you and it starts to get very much more intense and that happened after like the second week mm-hmm. and um then like okay I'm here I have to work and then it's just this is all life is and mm-hmm. especially as someone who's 14 who has no experience of life mm-hmm. um, I wasn't really doing anything else apart from dancing like yeah. I might go to you know um the square and look at the museum <laughs> but, uh, it was kind of boring sometimes and actually no it was boring quite a lot of the time after Christmas and Mm -hmm. so there's just this kind of depression like start and the anxiety because when you're being told that you're not good enough that you're not that you're shit that also wait can I swear sorry yeah of course you can I say your food all the time let's let's go let's go and it's just like damn like am I not actually good and that's anxiety and I used to have anxiety attacks a lot and I remember there was one time when it got so bad I just pretended that I was ill and we used to just we wouldn't even say stuff to him a lot of the time you just go like <laughs> and then he'd be like are you okay I'm like I'm ill oh how to go um so yeah and then I stayed off for two days and um this is actually in like for January when COVID was starting to become okay. a thing mm-hmm. <laughs> like that but um, yeah, and with the eating disorder, 
but was points when the eating disorder when I had it was like a coping mechanism it mm. helped me every day it was some kind of thing in my life which was always there which is something that I could always kind of like hold on to something that was always present and mm. I had to like I know kind of calm my life out if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's very yeah. dangerous ideology to have and so there were times when I was just like I'm not gonna eat because I can't the stress is too much mm. but um, those are only for minor small points because I didn't because it's so hard to get out of an eating disorder and that's in some ways the hardest part on recovery from like being mentally like I want to eat now I'm good to go but your body can't even like you're out of breath from walking up the stairs it's horrible mm-hmm. so I, I didn't want to get to that point again so I was eating <laughs> my breakfast was like two crumpets um a bowl of porridge a bowl of cereal um like french toast the savory version because we're savory here <laughs> and, um, some fruit as well um a tea like it was literally it took me like an hour to make and then i used to just eat so much because my teacher was always like at my at your age i was smaller than you and um oh, I, God, that's... I didn't come to class if i hadn't had a bowl of soup so i started taking soup and all fast got bought from tk maxx i felt very bougie mm-hmm. and um but yeah, it's just, it is such, it's exhausting. And the sweating, when you don't have that fuel, the sweat, and he used to make fun of me all the time. Everybody did. Like my leotard was see-through. Oh, and I sweat a lot too. So I don't, don't you worry. I'm <laughs> sweat club over here. It's just like, it's embarrassing at first. Cause especially I was very insecure about my figure, like my body. Mm-hmm. And when a leotard see-through, you, I got over it at a point because I was like, okay, this is just normal. Everybody's seen. We can all kind of see each other anyways. Yeah. But, um, it's just like, and then I, I remember I used to just break down because all the guys in my school had a six pack, had mm. pecs, had arms, whatever. Mm. And I was just there like, it's just this frail little big, mm. bigger thing. And um, it's, yeah, that's it. It's just, that's kind of the whole deal I had. Yeah. I think it, yeah, I always... Not that I forget, like, I guess I am fully aware that there is kind of a, you know, not only is there like a ideal for female and mm. female, I guess, identifying dancers. There, like, there's, there, it's not just females that, you know, have the struggle of body image and mm. fitting into an aesthetic because you know in bad I can understand especially when you're going through puberty it's really difficult for both like it's difficult for everyone (laughs) and I forget that it is like a universal thing for I also think the demand for uh, the female body type I feel like it is Mm. greater than the one for the men yeah I would um, say it is great yeah 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 like no denying it <laughs> <laughs> not gonna yeah I and um the ballet teacher it was he, the promotion of mm. eating disorders whether it wasn't he wasn't saying like become anorexic um, yeah well, it, yeah um it wasn't anything like that but it mm-hmm. was there was it was like lose three pounds of the hips okay like, mm. and um just you're all fat and I remember I was in the common room I wasn't hearing this Mm. 
but um, the teacher came up to the girls during one of the rehearsals, I think they were doing like Chopinana, and uh, they were like, it, she was like, you're just sitting in the common room and you're just eating and you're just gonna get fat and you're lazy. And it, that wasn't even anything like out of the ordinary. That didn't, it okay. made a few girls cry, but it was like, but like, there was a thing, like if you cried at that, there's like the subconscious atmosphere that we programmed to have that like you're weak if you're crying mm. at that yeah because that's and not like, even the worst of it yeah I'm like you're crying at them saying that well I was smacked last <laughs> week and I <laughs> then it becomes so, okay uh, yeah a bit of a competition mm. yeah and um just and I remember there's a bit of gaslighting to it as well okay. like um but it happened with a student there and they the teacher was like you're not you're you're not skinny enough or something like that mm. something body shaming them and so they didn't eat right for a couple of days and then the dad found out and called up the school and um the director she was like he would never say that to you he didn't mean out of a place of hey he loves you he thinks you're so talented and it's just like no, no, because we all heard it. We, he does it every day. Why are you lying to our faces? You've literally said it yourself. Mm. And um, like the same, I texted you about it, the birthday cake incident. Mm. Oh, she was, um, she was literally, because a lot of the students, they low-key work for the school as well. Like they kept, okay. and um, she brought in a tiramisu for her birthday and he took it away from her. Because it's mm. like, have you seen that video of Yolanda Hadid and Gigi Hadid? And he's like, yeah. she's like literally just like this much. Yeah, it's like that. I was like, is my ballet teacher Yolanda Hadid? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and but when the director came back to him, she's like, everybody deserves a bit of cake on their birthday. And I was like, she is a savior. She is an mm. angel from heaven herself. Mm. And then she's like, one bow, one slice. And we're like, <laughs> this is as good as we're going to get. So we Okay. And I remember then the next day or later yeah. on, he came back down and he was like, um, the skinny people can eat. <laughs> and he, oh no, this was, this was a different event, but he pointed at me and then some of like, some of the boys and some of the girls. And he uh-huh. included the girl that the dad called up about. If I, yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, be like, you're skinny. You made it. <laughs> you have worth if you're skinny. <laughs> and um, yeah, oh my god. And then we had this ballet. I've have I completely strayed off the question. No, 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 no. I mean, no, no, no. You ha- you're oh, fine. Sorry, you're fine. No, 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 no. No, I, this is an interesting story. <laughs> it's um, awful, but this... it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. <laughs> and um, we had this ballet, da- you know, the Russian dance from Swan Lake, not the man one. It's not really shown anymore, but it's like, da, 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 da. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's so much fun to do. I'll learn it as well. I was like, <laughs> let's go, girls. Let's, let's run it. <laughs> and um it was it was like the skinny girl dance and this it was never labeled as that but it was like if you were the skinny ones you could do it mm. and um people would starve themselves to, get, to do be it. Able to that dance and there was this one girl beautiful talent she's so talented mm. and um she's she just wasn't this slim idea that the russian ballet teachers wanted and she was and so she lost some of the weight and the teacher was like, mm, look at her, she's, mm. and so she's put into the dance, but then COVID happened, the dance never happened. Okay. 
<laughs> so it's all for now. Yeah, low key. And low, it's yeah. such a shame because mm. it's just like lose three pounds off the hips. And I remember that was this when I first came to the school, it was just I this was they didn't hide this at all. Mm. And I was too I oh it's kind of embarrassing but I thought it was great I was like this is so intense and this is a ballet environment this is professional like I'm actually going to be Russian after this class like mm. um and because that Zander Parish thing like when he went to Russia like that's what wanted me to get into Russian ballet itself and mm. then also the White Crow movie that's mm-hmm. what made it I was like I want to do Russian ballet now which mm. doesn't make sense because it doesn't present it in the best way um but yeah it's weird but they and I guess it's there's something attractive of things being toxic and I think everyone there is a romanticization of toxicity (laughs) to a degree like in general broad and like you could literally anything from cigarettes to toxic relationships to being you know, yelled at in a ballet studio to mm. being body shamed into like there's some weirdness all behind it, and I don't fully understand it. But I think there was something. It was like, like ballet does the. There's something about the art form that is attractive, and but it's not attractive to everyone. Like it does, especially as you get through it. Obviously you know so people slowly kind of get cuffed out um Mm. but there's a weird thing that like we know how much work sacrifice dedication you know putting our body through hours of you know point shoes for bloody for example like torture chambers actually my point shoes are quite comfortable so when people complain about point shoes I laugh Um, but um like when you think about it like we put ourselves through so much and this you know and if we and we love it so much that we will continue doing it especially and even at times when we know that it's not the best thing for us to do yeah especially you know there'll be times where we're getting you know yeah yelled at body shamed told we're pieces of crap compared Mm. to others like just awful things that no one should experience experience and isn't tolerated yeah at to the same degree in other institutions in other career paths like at 16 if you ask someone oh yeah would you compare to your classmate in a geography class about your body about the shape of your thighs or were you told that you could see your lunch and that you should stop eating bread like (laughs) sorry we're back (laughs) sorry but (laughs) true oh god but like you think about it, it doesn't happen in anything else except kind of things like ballet or gymnastics or figure skating or I'm Mm. sure there's other sports but if you're not going down that route you don't you won't experience it in in that same in the same way um and it's crazy to think of how much people have experienced in ballet to continue doing something they love Mm. and you just kind of think about them why why are we so attracted to this to this thing that while being beautiful and it makes you feel 
you know when you're on stage and you're dancing like I think that's the highlight for many people's and the reason they will keep going but to think that we kind of go through all this shit yeah and you think why are we attracted to this like what do you know what I mean like I just I I find it so interesting and I I don't know if it's like a human like a neat like a feeling like is it a validation thing like don't know (laughs) don't know (laughs) I it's it's weird period but um yeah when coming here just to add on to that Mm. when I got like corrections are like food for life in ballet if you don't Mm. get corrected like you hate yourself Um, literally (laughs) and um and so when I came here and they were like you've got such talent you've got such potential like Mm go for it babes so let's fucking mm. go and mm-hmm. um I didn't actually say that no. <laughs> <laughs> we can pretend yeah um it's the vibes they were that and um I felt I don't know if this makes sense but this is mm. exactly I felt greedy like I felt like I you know this is a bit of an analogy I made last night it doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense okay but like you go to a birthday party right and mm. they give you the birthday cake for the other person but like mm. everybody wants you to eat that birthday cake but you know like I don't deserve it. it's not my birthday mm. but you still eat it anyways because everybody wants to and then you're like you deserve it but it's like it's not my birthday that doesn't make any sense but mm. no, I, do. I, un- I understand but, it I was just like why why do they care why aren't I getting shouted at why aren't you diminishing my self-worth and my self-value like I don't understand why you care so much. And then a few weeks go on and I'm like, oh, because it's healthy. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and I I genuinely, sometimes I still do miss the hardcore abuse, which is not healthy and no. <laughs> at all. No. But so, I, um, <laughs> I understand, no, I, I do, I do feel that. I remember, and I've said this kind of throughout, on and off the pandemic like I miss having a teacher who would yell at me mm. low-key gonna admit I miss being shouted out yeah. yeah miss go home and having a little cry you know yeah what Being but like, why like <laughs> do I need therapy maybe but yeah and maybe. I think everyone in ballet does but like why but then I don't think that's a I think that's more common again than we think oh 100 yeah but like each story is so different Mm. but at the end of the day the military aspect is Mm. something that a lot of people thrive on me included Mm. and I I do thrive here like I love coming to RCS but it's just so interesting to see how people react Mm. different like minor like corrections or minor tellings offs it's so interesting to be like that because like Mm. um this doesn't happen at mine but I've seen people who are like who get told off a little bit or, or be like whatever and they're like they hate me they don't like me whatever but if that happened to me at my Russian school I would just be like okay that's my day over and done with and that wouldn't even really be on my radar like I would take it into account but it wouldn't damage me emotionally I mean mm. it probably was in the long run yeah but, but you're numb I think then that comes there's probably a numbing aspect as well yeah yeah there is and I just and they were doing because my teaching like the teachers went to Bolshoi the state school of choreography the Luganova mm. etc mm-hmm. and so that's kind of a teaching which is like in Russia but mm. also I was here in London doing that 
And so I can't even imagine what it's like for actual Russian students at the actual Russian schools. Like it might be similar, it might be way worse because I heard the rumor went around. I don't know if you heard about it at the garden mm. that they were shaming girls, not the student, not the teachers, but like in the students, like they were shaming girls for getting their period because Wouldn't it be meant surprised. they weren't skinny enough. And I'm like, what the hell? And yeah, it's fucking crazy. It is. And the students who are favored more at my school were the skinniest students mm. and it's just like you're looking over so much wasted potential because you're only favoring the ones who come into your preferred aesthetic mm. yeah absolutely um I mean I really relate to that like my a lot through my training I genuinely thought the majority of the people I was around were weak I was like why are you crying at this <laughs> yes oh my god I, like I I'm not even it's awful but then but I know that that is a trauma response because some of the things that I'd experienced prior to you know I guess that dancing from other schools were sometimes worse like and everyone's different but like for me like I I don't know like I, I it's different for everyone but I just remember thinking that thinking like oh why is someone I don't know, like I had teachers that would spend, I don't know, eight, like I only literally could go on, but about like getting corrections or getting yelled at or being told I was slow or crap or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was like, I'm used to this, it's not affecting me anymore. But I know that that also was, that 100% is a trauma response. Like we should be able to process our feelings because it wasn't making me feel good about myself. Yeah. But it also wasn't really changing because I built up a wall and that thing. So any kind of kind of criticism, I would really try not to take in, which mm. you kind of have to have in value. You can't because it will, you know, that's what you, you know, criticism is kind of what we thrive off to get better. But then there is a point where it becomes like emotional. There is a point right, that it becomes much. too far. Um so it's it's hard to find that balance but I guess like in hindsight I think I definitely could have processed it a bit healthier than just shutting it completely off um but at the same time like it's finding that balance of being able to not take it personally but then like don't completely shut it off because you need to kind of you know we we would sometimes like So this just not disrespect, but mm. kind of to like not answering back either. But we wouldn't if they were saying stuff to us like my nickname because I have is which stick out. Wait, I'll show you. Wait, I'll just do one. <laughs> but it's like like they stick out a lot, and because I had shorter hair back then, mm-hmm. it was very pronounced. And mm-hmm. so he'd call me Roger Roger because like nat natalite satellites you know nasa would be like oh roger yeah. that roger roger yeah. and he said i had like satellite is okay yeah he was so creative a poet i would say a poet um, yeah yeah <laughs> such a creative nickname <laughs> <laughs> and um so i was called roger roger and he'd always be like roger roger why do you do that and if he gave you a nickname he liked you i love my nickname i took mm. it with such pride <laughs> and um but like if he, he'd just be like roger roger like your arms are like donkey or because I was weak and extremely flexible mm. a little brag maybe I don't know um, <laughs> I'm mucus because he said I moved like mucus anyway so he'd like okay. me whatever mm-hmm. and we would 
just look at him we wouldn't look at him like in like in his eyes we look him through the mirror because mm. we felt so rebellious <laughs> and it's so embarrassing but, uh, we just be like I'm looking at you in the mirror how do you feel and I remember once he did bring it up like months later he'd be like see I don't have to because a new person came or whatever to audition and they're like mm. see I, I I look at them in the eyes they turn to me I have to like work hard to get Hamish to look at me in the eyes and I'm like work harder I'm just kidding um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my it, god it's like but honestly again as much as I have spoken bad things about the school I am I'm so thankful for the teaching there. I there were positive moments in the negative. Mm. I just want to state that, like I did. I'm yeah. so thankful for everything that they did for me. That's. I mean, I'm. That's going to be the same for everyone. Like, there's always the highs and there's always the lows, um, and it's okay to kind of accept both because they're all part yeah. of your experience. You know, you're allowed to experience negative situations and positive situation simultaneously um and kind of acknowledge those at the same time because you know there'll be things that kind of weren't appropriate and then there were things that you really enjoyed and that's that's just part of it um yeah I'm trying to think is there anything else otherwise any last words before we round up the episode um I don't I don't think so um yeah I think that's it I didn't really have any else um ever to say I think just yeah military environment how to how to laugh how to cry is fab (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean you laugh and cry at the same time that's just part (laughs) it's just part of the experience I mean at least it's better to laugh and cry than to feel nothing so let's let, we celebrate the feeling of feelings because otherwise <laughs> i i start to get worried when i when i don't feel anything i'm like oh there's this advert in for childline and it's like this way and it's like don't let it in don't keep it in let it all out and it's like this exploding whale mm-hmm. that vibe for everybody please exploding right yeah 100 exploding whale, whale please yeah um okay we're before we finish, where can listeners find you on social media if they want to check you out? Oh my god, you. The promotion. Little, yeah, pr- you get your information. Okay. Oh my god, I love you. Okay, so Instagram, um, it's like T I S H U E underscore underscore. So tissue underscore. Yeah, I'll link it below. Oh my god, stop it. You're so kind. I know. Okay. Thank you so much, Tish, for coming on. Really enjoyed our conversation. Um, And thanks just for being so open and sharing everything with the listeners. No worries at all. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of the Hardcore Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. And, you know, we're here same time next week, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you know. Um, Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.